bless the name of the Lord for, for a night like this. There's just something that's, that's flowing in my heart. I, I, I believe, I believe, I, I strongly believe that something is open for someone. It's, 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 it's open. It's open. Something that has been closed is open. It's open. presence maybe you maybe you 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 might you might want to just stay on your keyboard now and just play it can you do that Presence, O oh God, let it rain. Let I just want to read from Hosea chapter six, verse one to three. It's a scripture that I've been meditating on for 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 a number of days now. This throughout this week, and also just just. As I've been, as I've been thinking and, and pondering and focused my heart upon what God has been saying, this scripture comes in to me at a time like this, and there are just a few things I want to share with us from the scripture. Hosea, Hosea, chapter six, Hosea, Hose, chapter six, verse one to three. Hosea, chapter six, verse one to three, and, and the Bible says, "Come and let us return to the Lord." For he has torn, and he will heal us. He has smitten, and he will bind us up. After two days will he revive us. In the third day he will raise us up, and we shall live in his sight. Then shall we know, if we follow on to know the Lord, then shall we know, if we follow on to know the Lord, his going forth is prepared as the morning, and he shall come to us as the rain, the latter and the former rain unto the earth. A picture, a picture that forms in my heart comes from an understanding on something that I had been reading, which was written by, by somebody called Byron Clay bon Bonnet. And Byron Clay Bonnet is he's a writer, he's a faith, he's a faith, he's a Christian, and, and he's writing devotionals or used to write devotionals for, for, for CBN and, and the Christian Broadcast Network. And he was writing devotionals until his death in 2009. And while he was writing these devotionals, one of the things that he sees in one of his devotionals, he, he talks about floods. 
And he used to live in Texas. And, and he, he, he talks about a situation that happened in 2002 where the canyon was flooded. And, and because there was a, a, lot of, a lot of rain in that year, the lakes had to have their gates open. You know, lakes have floodgates. So when the lake is full to capacity and the rain continues to rain, they open the floodgates and allow the water to flow down into the streams and into the valleys. And the floodgates had to be opened in that year. And as the floodgates were being opened because the lake had too much water, it meant that the people that were downstream from the flood began to have water rising up to levels that they normally would not see. And while he, he says on one of those nights, he was watching the TV news and after having watched the TV news, seeing the floods and the devastation that was going on around, he comes to, he comes to a pl place where he was praying. And then in the midst of prayer, God began to speak to him. And as God began to speak to him, he spoke to him something that he says, we as Christians may need to understand and to know. And the thing, that God spoke to him was this. I'm going to just read it to you. He says, One day after watching the unbelievable events unfold on TV, I was deep in prayer when the Lord gave me a picture of huge steel floodgates in my mind. Immediately I knew that the floodgates were in heaven. God spoke to my heart and reminded me of how the lake's floodgates are forced to open when there is a lot of rain. And in the same manner, those gates are forced to open with continuous rainfall. The floodgates also of heaven are forced open with our continuous prayer. The floodgates are opened because there is too much water. It must be released. The floodgates are open because the rain is continuous. It must be released. I don't know who I'm speaking to tonight, but there's something that you need to understand that for things to be released to you, there's got to be something behind the gate. Oh, who am I speaking to? See, the, because there was a lot behind the gate, the floodgates had to be opened to allow the water to flow. And the people that were downstream, listen to this, the people that were downstream that didn't know that there was so much water upstream, those that didn't know that there was water, so much water in the lake, suddenly, because the floodgates were open, there was water down in the place where they were. And I want to speak to somebody today to say, God is saying that there are floodgates and the floodgates are ready to open. In fact, some of them are opening right now. But there are things that are going to cause those gates to open. Just like the flooding of the mighty waters up in the lake. You see, he says, I saw the floodgates and I knew these were floodgates of heaven. And God began to show him to say, these gates open because there is a continuous pool of water that is gathering uh, behind those gates. And when the pool of water has gathered and has collected and has become a multitude, it must be released so that the people down there might get a blessing. Hallelujah. There must be 
be a blessing that comes down. You see, the angels, the angels, they are ministering spirits. And the Bible tells us that the angels ascend. And when they descend, they descend with answers. I don't know who needs an answer tonight. But one thing that you need to know, that you've got to send something up so that it can begin to fill the pools in heaven. And when the pools in heaven are filled, they will release a flood that will come over you. Hallelujah. There is a flooding that is coming. There is a flooding that is due. I don't know, but to somebody, God is saying, this is your season. There is a flooding that is due. There is a flooding that is due. Since the beginning of the year, we've been talking that this is our year of fulfillment. It's a year of perfection. There is a flooding that is due. You are about to see the waters breaking through to you in the name of Jesus. And, and so Hosea, Hosea is, is in a situation, is in a situation here where the people of Israel, these people had, had in the time of Hosea, they had departed from the Lord. They had left the Lord. And suddenly when you come to this place, you see in chapter, in, in, in chapter 5, which we have not read, in chapter 5 there is a picture and a description where he, he talks about how God had stricken them, how God had smitten them, how God had brought some hardship on them, how God had begun to close particular things to the children of Israel. And then suddenly they come to chapter 6 and verse 1. And the people say to, to, to one another, come, let us return to the Lord. You see, we've seen enough of this situation. It is now time to return to the Lord. We've had enough of this pain. It is now time to return to the Lord. I've had enough of this delay. It is now time to return to the Lord. I've had enough of this situation. I've waited and waited and waited. But it is now time for me to return to the Lord. The people said to one another or to, 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 to themselves, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. But the one thing that you need to get out of this is that there was a turning point in the lives of these people. They said it is enough. I don't know who, who is here tonight who says this is enough. Enough is enough. It is time for a turnaround. I don't care what the situation is like in the city. It is now time for me to turn. You see, when they were living in the city of Jericho, the Bible says the waters in Jericho were terrible. They made you sick. They were bitter. And then when it just came to a moment where the people said, come, let us go and talk to the prophet. The water around this place is not good. The city may be good, but the water is not good. You are living in a beautiful country. You are living in a beautiful place, but the things around you make it bitter. I need somebody who's going to say, enough is enough. The scholarship is good, but the lectures are tough. Oh, I need somebody who's going to say, Lord, enough is enough. You're supposed to be rejoicing. When you got onto that plane, you were saying goodbye. Oh, I'm going to, to Europe. I'm going to do a course there. And you were even, some even wore a suit and a tie to get onto a plane. But when you've come here, it's bitterness. Oh, I need somebody who's going to say, enough is enough. Come. Let us return to the Lord. Let us turn to Jesus. Let us turn to God. God speaking to them in Matthew, Jesus speaking to them in Matthew chapter 11, 28 says, Come unto me, all you who are weak and heavy laden. How I wish we would understand that scripture. There's fight in the home. Come unto the Lord. Oh, it's tough in the things that should. 
Come unto the Lord. Things are not going so well. Come unto the Lord. I, I need somebody who's going to say, doesn't matter what life is throwing at me. Spanners are being thrown from all over the place. The bike goes flat in the middle of the, of the road. The car won't start. But I'm going to come to the Lord. Because when I can come to Jesus, he says, come and I will give you rest. The people had to come to that place where they realized that their help is in the name of the Lord. Psalm 121 says what? I will look where? We need to look unto God. We need to come to him. So, so he says, come, let us return. Let us return. If you were, if, when you read this scripture, a number of things that they do. Number one is this. It says, come, to, to, let us come. Number two, he says, let us return. You come to the Lord so that you can have a right relationship with him. That is why we're praying at the beginning to say, Father, we are returning. We surrender all to you that we may have a holy life, that we may live a pure life, a life that is no, has no sin. We may live a life that is above board. Let people find nothing to accuse you of. Let people find nothing to say, ah, this one, ah. We, uh, let people say this one is a, true, is a true brother, a true sister. He's upright. He's holy. Let people realize you for your holiness. Let people come be able to respect you because you're a child of God. He's saying, come. Let's have a relationship. Let people see Jesus in you. Walk into a place and let people be able to say, this is a child of God. Let them not say, ah, you're just like us. You know, he's a child of God. They say, ah, he's just like us. It's just like us. But you need to be a place where you are able to reflect the glory of God. Within you. So he says, come. He says, come. Number two, he says, let us return. And talking about returning, Jesus even says to them, you were once very hot, full of zeal. You were on fire, but your fire is gone. Today, tonight, God is saying, return to your first love. Come back to the place of your fire, where you prayed prayers and the heavens shook. Where you cried unto the Lord and the ground was wet with your tears. Where when you knelt down, it would be a struggle to get up because the prayer would be hot with God. Come, return to the Lord. Return to your first love. Return to that place where you had a hunger, you had a passion. Return to that place where there was a passion, a deep desire. Where you would not sleep until you have spoken to God. Where you would not eat until you've had a conversation with Jesus. Where you would not get onto that bike unless you've spoken in tongues. Where you would not rest until you have spoken to someone about the kingdom of God. Where you would not rest until somebody knows that there is a Jesus. Oh, he says, return. The people returned. He says, let us return. Let us return. Let us return. We need the people with the fire. In this season, God is going to release things out of heaven. But there are those things are going to come to a people that are returning to the Lord. Oh, I don't know who I'm speaking to, but you need to return to God. We need to return to God. We need to return to a place where we will be able to stand and say we are the children of God. Now you can't even tell people you are a child of God. When people ask you what scripture did you read today, you, you have to start thinking. Why? Because you have not read scriptures in days. But God is saying return. Return to the first love.
to the place where we sought after God, where we sought for the kingdom of God, where we were saying, Lord, I'm here in your presence. Let it rain. Now you don't care whether it rains or it doesn't rain. There is no presence to talk about. You don't talk about the glory of God anymore. But God is saying, return. 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 Return to the place. Return to that place. Come back to that place where your heart was warm with God. <laughs> where your heart was warm with God. Your heart was, was beating for God. I don't know who it beats for now, but you return to God. Come to that place where, where you are on fire for the things of heaven. Oh, God is looking for someone who can bridge the gap. Somebody who can, who can bridge and make a hedge. Somebody who can intercede. You know, now it's normal just to pass by. You even pass the church and not even wink. God is saying return. Even when you are going to, to the groceries, just because you are passing by the church, you feel like going inside. But now, church or no church makes no difference. God is saying come. Come. Come to the place. Return to the place where, where you made sacrifices. And people would have to tell you, remember you are a student. Now it's more I am a student than I am a Christian. Now it's more I'm a worker than I'm a... I was just talking to somebody who says, I'm pastor, I'm tired. And I said, oh, I pray God will not be tired on the day when you need him. Because be be before you got the blessing, you were never tired to come and cry to God. I pray that on the day that you will need him, he will not say to you, I am tired. But God is saying return. Brethren, we need to... To return. So the people in Ozia, they, they said, let us return to him. Let us return to a place of worship. To a heart of worship. Return to a place of commitment. Return to a place of intimacy with God. Return to a place of relationship with the Holy Spirit. Oh, return to that place. Where our root was going deep with God. Another thing that, 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 that they said, that was said here, is that we needed to come to know him. I, I, I was just pondering in my heart that these people knew God. But here they say, let us return. Let us come, let us return, let us know him. Oh, there is a knowing God that we need. You see, what you know about God is only but a little bit. There is more to know. And we must come to knowing God. We must never cease to desire to know God. We must not stop where we are. Just because you've read the Bible one time through, it is not enough. Read it again. Just because you've read the book of John four times, it is not enough. Read it again. Have you read the book of Philemon? Have you read the book of Haggai? Have you made a study of the book of Ezekiel? Do you know there is a book of Ruth? Do you know there is a book of Ezra? Have you gone deep into the word and found the book of Jude? Have you, have you searched the Bible enough and seen the book of Titus? I don't know where you are. Have you gone deep into the word and found what Hezekiah was being told? Have you searched in the word and got to know that there is a guy called Ladan in the word? 
Do you know there's a Hillel in the word? I don't know, but we must come to know God. Do you know God and the power of his might? The power of his resurrection. Paul says, this one thing I desire, I press on towards the goal. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Do you know the resurrection power of God? It goes beyond just making you to be called born again. It goes beyond just making you be able to speak in some tongues. It goes beyond just making you to be able to come to church on a Sunday. There's more that you can know. Do you know that he can visit you in the morning? Do you know that angels can visit you? They can carry you and give you revelations of God. Do you know God? Do you know him? Are you seeking after him? He says, come let us return to know him. Let us return to know him. It, it's not enough that you've read someone. Do you know there are more Psalms all the way to 150? Have you read Psalm 125? Have you checked what is in Psalm 71? Have you looked at the, at, at the book of Ecclesiastes? What about the book of Song of Songs? Do you know Song of Songs enough to encourage your husband and encourage your wife about it? Hey, where have you stopped in the Bible? God is calling us tonight to say we must return. We must return to know him. People of God, I, I, this was a burden on my spirit yesterday. That oh, how we should know God. It's how we should know God. Paul, talking about the Christians at Berea. He says they were what? They were honorable Christians. Why? Because even after they were taught, they went back to check for themselves. Why? Because they desired to know. They desired to know. They wanted to know more of God. They wanted to understand more of God. How does God come and how does he end? Where is God going? Which direction is God today? You know, God moves in times and seasons. So he says, the sons of Issachar, they knew what God was doing. Are you a son of Issachar? If I were to ask you, what is God doing now? Do you know what he's doing? That is the kind of knowledge that we need. In the midst of your life and the frustrations of life, in the midst of the crisis, in the midst of the bezaunichen that's going on in the Netherlands, in the midst of the crisis of refugees, do you know where God is? Do you know what God is doing? Do you understand the times of God? We need to know God. We need to know God. We need to go deeper. Tell your neighbor, go deeper with God. Listen to this. Listen to this. He says, the Bible says, the Bible says in verse 3, Then shall we know him if we follow on to know the Lord. Other versions say of that scripture, that we might be zealous to know God. That we might be zealous to know God. Hosea 6 verse, verse 3. Then shall we know. First there is a knowing. And there is another level of knowing. And we need to go to that level of knowing. A higher level of knowing. Hallelujah. And so Jesus. Jesus when he had come into the temple. He had come into the temple for the first time. He would not go home. His parents left 
almost got home and they realized our son is not here. When they went back to look for him and they found him in the house, Jesus says, don't you know that I'm supposed to be my father's business? This is my father's house. What was he doing? The Bible says he was sitting in the temple. He was asking questions from the elders and the teachers and he was discussing with them about what was in the books, about what was in the scrolls, about the word of God, about his father. Why if Jesus had to be asking questions about God, what more you? What more you and me? How inquisitive are we? Jesus knew God because he tells us later that no one has seen the father except the son. I've seen the God that you are talking about. I've seen the God that you are studying. But please tell me more that I may understand. If he was asking those questions, what more you and me? Oh, how we need to know God. How we need to be zealous to know God. Our zeal, our passion must be for the things of God. Where is your passion? Where is your passion? Are we consumed in our day-to-day -day activities? Are we consumed in running around? You know, life can be busy. You wake up at 6 and 9 o'clock you are running because you have to bath the kids, send the kids to school, get on to get to work if you are like me. Or you are getting on your bike to go to lecture. I hear some of you now have lectures until 8 p.m. and you have to prepare again for the morning. Life can be busy. I was asking somebody, why are you not in the night video? And says, past time at work. So I know life can be busy. Life can be tough. But in the midst of all the busyness of life, we must find God. We must find God. We must not forget God. We must not forget God. Don't forget to have time where you will seek after God. Find the time. Create the time telling some colleagues of mine who were bothering me with lunch and I said, you know what? Lunch is a luxury. I need to go and sit with God. I need to sit in my own corner and just find God. Just hear God speak to my spirit. Just hear God tell me who he is. Say, God, where are you? I could be eating, but God, I'm here with you. Here in your presence. Oh, Jesus, it's you I need in your presence. Everybody's rushing around. Radios are playing. Announcements are being made. But all I want to know, God, is to hear you. All I want, oh Jesus, is to have you fill my spirit. I want to know more of you. I know something about you, but God, I want to know more. You've said you are a healer, I want to know you. You've said you are a deliverer, I want to know you. You've said you are a blesser, I want to know you. You've said you are a mighty God, I want to know you. I want to know you. There's so much noise around me, I can hear the people. But in the midst of the noise, God, I want to hear your voice. God is calling us to a place where we will know him. Where we will know him. You see, because when we know God, when we know God, there will be blessings that flow into our lives. 
Hosea is the one who prophesies and says, and says, God tells, tell my people that the reason you are perishing is because you do not know. Because you lack knowledge. Knowledge of what it is knowledge of God. If we can but know God. If we can but know God. If we can but know God. You see, Jesus walks into the temple in John chapter 2. And he finds people, they were selling things and selling animals and doing all kinds of trade. And, and he, he takes them and chases them out of the house. And while he's chasing them out of the house, the Bible says in verse 17, And the disciples remember that it was written that the zeal of thine house has eaten me up. What is eating you up? What is eating you up? Is it a zeal for the house of God? Is it a passion for the house of God? Is it a desire to get closer to God? Is it a desire to see God manifest himself? What is eating you up? Is it your sickness you need to come to God? Is it your depression you need to come to God? Is it the financial situation you need to come to God? And allow God to deal with those things so that the zeal that will be in you, the energy that will be in you can be a consummation for the things of God. What is eating you up? Is it sin? Is it iniquity? Lying, fornication, adultery. What is it that is eating you up? We need to come to the Lord. We need to come to Jesus. We need to come to Jesus. And let the zeal of his house be the thing that consumes us. Be the thing that drives us. Let the zeal of God like the people in Corinthians, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 12, where Paul says, Even so, for as much as you are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that you may excel also to the edifying or to the building of the church. Be zealous for gifts, for the things of God. Be zealous also to excel. That's where we ought to be. So he says, Know God, that we may know. And when we know, we may follow on to know. We may know him deeper. We may go deeper with God. If we can but come to him and build our relationship with him, if we can but return to God in worship, in commitment, if we can be zealous to know him, and be even more zealous to find him, to search him, to seek ye first the kingdom of God. God promises, he promises that he will open the floodgates of heaven. Listen to the scripture. This is what God will do. The Bible says he will heal us. He will bind us. He says, though we may have been torn, Though God may have allowed us to go through some trial and some hardship, he will heal us. Though he may have allowed us to suffer some sickness, he will heal us. When we can come to him, when we can return to him, when we can seek his face, though we might have been smitten or stricken or troubled, the Bible says he will bind us up. He will gather us up. We may have been scattered, but he will bring us back together. We may have been pushed away, but he will bring us back to him. 
We may have been put in a tight place, but God will lift us up. The Bible says here that he will raise us again. He will revive us. Though something was dying, if we can come to him, there will be a revival. I don't know who must be revived, but there will be a revival. There will be a revival. If we can come to him tonight, he will revive us. The Bible says he will raise us. And we will be raised to life. We will be raised to life. He says he will raise us up and we shall live. You will live. You will not die. Everyone who comes to the Lord, they will live and they will not die. You will not die young. You will not die in whatever you do. Your energy will not grow low. You will have the energy of the Lord. He will give you the strength. The Bible says I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. To be able to do all things, you need to have come to the Lord so that you can receive strength. The Bible says in Isaiah 40 verse 31 that they that wait upon the Lord, they shall be strong. They shall, he shall renew their strength. He shall revive them. He shall raise them and they shall rise up with, uh, am I speaking to someone? They that wait upon the Lord, if you can come, if you can return to God, he will revive you. He will raise you up. He will lift you up. From the place where you are down, the Lord will pick you and lift you up. From the place where you have begun to slow down, he will give you speed again. Oh, somebody, you need to get some speed again from the Lord. He will give you speed. He will give you help. He will give you vision. He will give you insider. He will help you. But you must come to him. You must come to him. If we come to him, this is his promise. This is his promise. He says he will, he will raise us up. And then Jesus speaking in Luke chapter 4 verse 18 says, this is what I've come to do. He says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. This is what Jesus came to do. He has sent me to preach deliverance to the captives. He has sent me to bring recovery of sight to the blind. He has to set at liberty those that are bruised. To preach the acceptable year of the Lord. This is the acceptable year for you. I told you already it is a jubilee year. If you can come to the Lord, uh, this year will be acceptable. Ah, you will be accepted this year. You will be accepted this year. He's not. <laughs> he doesn't make a mistake. Oh. Kalima, the, the Spirit of God says that the things that you are working on, are going to suddenly begin to move very quickly. God is going to begin to move those things very quickly. There are lots of plans that you are working on. And, and it looks like they are not going to go through. But he's suddenly going to open them for you. They're going to move very quickly. In the name of Jesus. And, and it's, there's, if we can come to him, he will cause things to move. The Lord will say, I'm a provider. I know how to provide for you. I know how to provide for you. I will take care of every single need. 
you will even be amazed. He knows how to provide. He knows how to provide. He says, come unto me. It's an acceptable year. It's an acceptable year. It's an acceptable year. Oh, God. It's an acceptable year. He's the Lord of comfort. In the name of Jesus. (laughs) The Lord knows your heart. And he knows how to cover the gap. Looks like it's a very big gap, but the Lord knows how to cover it. And he will cover it. He will cover it. And he will use you again to minister to many more. And those there will minister to you too. But the Lord knows how to cover the gap. Thank you, Jesus. In abundance. He says we will live. Why are we going to live? Because it is the year of the Lord. It is the year of the Lord. We're going to live because he will heal us. We're going to live because he will bind us up again. The brokenness of your heart will be bound. And your heart will be strong. Every disappointment. Just play play for me this song. Every burden becomes a blessing when I know the Lord is mine. You're going to have to, 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 to follow the Holy Spirit there. Only Jesus Only Jesus, only Him to satisfy every blessed, every burden becomes a blessing. 